News Roundup Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Um, by the way, I didn't get into this with Eric Trump uh, in the last hour, but it's worth getting into, and that's the information about uh, former Director of National Intelligence Ratcliffe, uh, John Ratcliffe, telling Durham the intelligence supports multiple indictments in this probe, and this has to do with the big breaking news story. If you thought Watergate was a big story, story, this is much bigger. And that is lawyers for the Clinton campaign paying a technology company to infiltrate. In other words, spy on illegally the servers belonging to Trump Tower and then later the White House. Now, just stop for a second and imagine if ever any Republican, any person with the last name Trump had been involved in a scheme, in a in a conspiracy uh, to pay a company to spy on the servers of Hillary Clinton. And if she was won the presidency, uh, the White House servers, what do you think the mob and the media reactions would be? It is unbelievable. Now, the media had no problem pushing the Trump Russia collusion lie. They pushed it again and again and again, and they did it for three long years. Now, I wish I could pat myself on the back and say that, well, on this radio program, on Hannity on TV, we spent pretty much three years of our lives with the most incredible ensemble cast of of people, including two that I'm going to introduce to you in a minute. And everything that we reported has been vindicated. We were more right than we ever knew. It was even worse than what we thought using Hillary Clinton's bought and paid for dirty Russian disinformation dossier to get a FISA warrant, which is supposed to be verified. We now know it's totally, completely fabricated, and it was always unverifiable. They were warned it was unverifiable, but they used it anyway. Anyway, here's the media pushing this this Russia collusion lie. We are looking at the possibility that the president of the United States and those around him during an election campaign colluded with a hostile foreign power to undermine the basis of our democracy. We're about to find out if the new president of our country is going to do what Russia wants. This is evidence of willingness to commit collusion. This cloud about collusion with Russia will hang over him no matter where he stands. I can certainly say with confidence that there is significant evidence of collusion between the campaign and Russia. I think what it means is that a federal judge found that people in Trump's organization were colluding with the Russians. It does look like collusion. It does look like he's listening to Putin more than he is American intelligence. And frankly, I've never seen that before. Well, then why would Joe Biden, if the Biden syndicate, family syndicate, if they weren't compromised by Russia, why did why did he give Putin, of all people, a waiver on this Nord Stream 2 pipeline so he could supply our allies with energy, our Western European allies? Why would well, while simultaneously stopping the Keystone XL pipeline? Why would he do that? Doesn't make sense, does it? Peter Schweitzer, um, he hosts his own podcast, by the way, Drill Down. He's the head of the Government Accountability Institute. His uh, new book is out. It's called Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. It's number one on the New York Times list. Greg Jarrett, number one New York Times author in his own right. Also, his podcast, The Brief. Um, Eric, will, uh, I'm sorry, Greg, we'll start with you because uh, you were with me every step of the way. It took us three long years. You had two number one bestsellers as a result of exposing 
the Russia hoax, and now we know it was a lot worse than what we thought. And I'd say this is um, a Watergate, you know, on steroids, human growth hormone at a factor of a thousand. You're absolutely right. It's worse than than even you and I ever envisioned. We knew that Hillary Clinton had invented the Russia hoax. She financed it, directed the methods by which it was circulated to the media and the FBI. She was truly the architect and the designer of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. I never anticipated what we just learned from uh, the Durham indictment filings that just came out, that Clinton's Confederates... Her lawyers were paying a tech company to exploit their access to non-public proprietary Internet data at Trump Tower and then later at the White House on their servers. This is, Sean, equivalent to hacking, except the tech company had special access since it performed these sensitive, what are called resolution services to those servers. And the, the tech cyber experts penetrated those servers at Trump Tower and the White House. They took innocuous information, and then they deliberately peddled it as nefarious. They insinuated that Trump and associates were communicating with Russia. In fact, Sean, it was just routine Internet traffic, mostly computer-generated and automated advertising. It's kind of stuff you and I get all the time. We don't know where it comes from. Sometimes it comes from Russia. Sometimes it comes from China and other countries. It had nothing to do with the false allegations of of collusion, but Hillary's people sold it to the media and the FBI as if it were. And it seems like, Peter Schweitzer, look, you've had now two number one best-selling books exposing corruption at the highest level, and that is that in the case of Zero Experience Hunter, making millions and millions and millions of dollars with hostile actors, hostile regimes, uh, and and basically cashing in on his then-vice president's name. Um, and apparently Joe lied to the American people because the big guy got his piece of it. And not only did Joe know about Hunter Biden's uh, foreign business dealings, he actually sat in on some of the meetings, which you've now confirmed. Um, but here we have this big scandal... And there's silence. There's nothing but silence. Here you expose all of this information about the Biden family syndicate and the media ignores it, except for those of us that care about truth and care about equal justice. Yeah, Sean, I mean, we are in huge trouble as a country uh, because we have a media and we have a government apparatus that pursued for years and pushed for years this imaginary narrative uh, that the Trumps were in cahoots with the Russians. They didn't show any transfer of money. They didn't show any communication. They didn't show any special sweetheart deals. They didn't show any of that. And yet this was the dominant narrative. It led to, uh, you know, Mueller being appointed as this uh, independent counsel. All the investment and time and money that went into that came out with nothing at the back end. You contrast that to what we know 
as it pertains to the Clintons and to the Bidens. Uh, let's remember, Sean, we talked years ago about the fact that the Clintons were getting Russian money, uh, partly because of the Uranium One deal, but you had the thing she was doing as Secretary of State that was benefiting the Russian government at the same time that her husband was getting half a million dollars speaking fees in Russia. Not to mention the Bidens were, again, like with the Clintons, you have an actual flow of money some $31 million from four Chinese businessmen, each one that, you know, I named them in the book, each one with ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. And yet those stories get no play by the media. So on the one hand, you have no evidence other than rumors and innuendo, uh, but no money trail, no paper trail, nothing. That's the main narrative. But in the other instance where you have the flow of tens of millions of dollars from Russian and Chinese interests to the Clinton family and the Biden family, you get little, if any, play from the mainstream media. I mean, that, that, that to me speaks volumes about where we are as a country today and the fact that we do not have a media that is showing any our honesty or integrity when it comes to reporting on our political leaders. You know, I went over earlier in the program the entire history of Watergate and this, you know, what we knew prior to John Durham's revelation on Friday uh, to me was enough that would have gotten anybody with the last name Trump not only arrested, but prosecuted and probably found guilty and probably given significant jail time. And that was that they used an unverifiable Russian dirty dossier as as a means to go before the FISA court to spy on a presidential candidate, his transition team, and then Donald Trump as president. Now we have even a, a far worse and nefarious story, Greg, and that is infiltrating servers belonging to a candidate at Trump Tower, infiltrating the servers of the White House while somebody is the president of the United States of America. Uh, and that happened. And are we really going to hold the top people that were doing this responsible? Well, I see various crimes here. Uh, it is a crime to knowingly give false information, false evidence to the FBI or any government agency, especially one conducting an investigation. And if you use additional people to help you accomplish that, it's a conspiracy, a conspiracy to defraud the government. It could also be a violation of the criminal racketeering laws in America because it appears as though Hillary Clinton and her acolytes were acting as a criminal enterprise uh, in order to accomplish their conspiracy to defraud the government. And the media, they were witting accessories. They hated Trump so much. They didn't care whether there was any evidence to support their accusations that he was a Kremlin asset. They relied on uh, faulty information, anonymous sources that were lying to them. They broke every uh, journalistic rule in the book. They committed the greatest act of media malpractice in my lifetime. They will not now report what is in Durham's latest uh, indictment filings because to do so would expose their own reckless, malicious conduct. And the media doesn't have the courage to admit they were wrong.
All right, quick break. More with Peter Schweitzer and Greg Jarrett on the other side. This is unbelievable, the story. Let's see what, where this goes. want to remind you, uh, we are hearing the first rate increase, interest rate increase, could be coming any day now, and they're going to go big is what the reports are showing, meaning like a half a percentage point. That is a fortune if you've not refinanced your home at this point. This is your last, last chance. Now, Goldman Sachs said there might be as many as seven hikes this year. They said it this weekend or Friday. Um, so if you've not refinanced, you've got to take advantage of these historically low rates. This is where AmericanFinancing.net comes in. Um, you will talk to one of their mortgage experts absolutely free. They will give you every option. They will tell you exactly how much money you might be able to save every month. Maybe it's hundreds. Maybe it's thousands of dollars over the course of your loan. Maybe it's tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Anyway, now is the time to do it. It's very simple. It's an absolutely free, no obligation mortgage review. 866-615-9200. 866-615-9200. On the web, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, org. Looking for fake news? You won't find it here. You're with Sean Hannity. On the air now. now exposed far worse than we ever thought that's right hillary clinton's minions infiltrating servers belonging to trump tower and then even the white house and the clinton campaign paying for all of this i can't think of anything worse than this do you believe as slow as john durham has been now that he's he's gotten this far he's got to know what the real story is here peter schweitzer the question is do you have any faith or confidence that he's going to finish the job and the right people will be indicted. I mean, to me, Sussman is low-hanging fruit. You know, if we get to the top of the food chain here, we're going right to Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, look, the thing that has uh, impressed me of the Durham investigation so far is that it is thorough, it is meticulous, it is detailed. If you go through and read um, uh, these uh, documents that are being produced, um, it's it's pretty amazing reading. I mean, for example, this uh, computer uh, executive that was providing this data, according to uh, uh, what Durham has written, um, essentially, he was uh, expecting a job in the uh, Hillary Clinton administration. Um, that was his expectation when he started doing this before, of course, the election of November 2016. So, yes, it's, it's low-hanging fruit right now, but I think and I hope that this is really a strategy by Durham uh, to begin at the bottom and work his way to the top. Uh, when you've got people that are even close aides to political figures, uh that are looking at jail time if they fail to cooperate. Um, that, I think, is exactly what a prosecutor is looking for. I think, of course, the real question is, is what is the Department of Justice going to do? Um, I'll, I'll defer, defer to uh, uh, Greg on that, but um, I have less confidence in the prosecutors. Well, we've got a conflict there, don't we, Greg? Oh, you absolutely have a, a conflict of interest. Because... And that's Merrick Garland's wife. Right, exactly. Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland's wife, Jill Biden, has an interest in this. Um, 
So I'm not optimistic the current Department of Justice will take aggressive action, but if I were Merrick Garland, I'd be really worried uh, that if I failed to take the appropriate legal action against those who appear to have committed crimes, that Durham will will go even more public. And, of course, he's been very, very private now. Uh, I would expect him to produce a, a report in addition to indictments, and I think there'll be additional indictments. Um, and that report uh, may be damning to Merrick Garland if he fails to take action. So Garland's in a pickle. It seems to me he has to uh, recuse himself. What about, what, what about his wife's position? Yeah, I mean, that just further complicates uh, the matter. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, as I say, I think he has to recuse himself from making any decisions. It has to be somebody else who makes additional decisions. But so far, Durham has been authorized to render these indictments, first against Kevin Kleinsmith. Uh, He has one against Igor Danchenko, Michael Sussman. And as I say, I think there will be more. All right. Appreciate all your work. Uh, Peter Schweitzer. His new book, by the way, is on Amazon.com and Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Red-handed, how American elites get rich helping China win. Greg Jarrett, don't forget his podcast, The Brief. Uh, quick break, 800-941-SEAN is on number. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. You know, I watched the Scott Shannon documentary, Worst to First, twice, not once. I, I wanted to watch it again. I liked it so much. Uh, 25 to the top of the hour. If you missed the Super Bowl, it was a good game, which is what I always hope for. Um, here are some of the highlights. Stafford going to the end zone, reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr. Stafford rolling and throwing. Caught, caught. Top of the screen. You've got Chase with Ramsey on him. A little toss here. Mixon's going to throw. Open man. Caught. Higgins. Touchdown. On play action, finding room, going deep, and it's caught by Higgins. He goes in for the score. Pass. Cut. Got it. Burrow trying to keep it going, gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like Piron might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Yes, course. I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. But the Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. It's just a great game. Uh, Linda, we're going to do a quiz. Do you know who played in the game now that the game has been played? <laughs> well, do you want to hear something really funny? I'll tell you I want to know how your funny. cookies went over, but yeah, I want to hear some. Cookies were huge, funny. huge hit. Dip was a huge hit. So oh, I oh, wore dip this. Dip was a huge hit. Well, how about the yes. cookies? The field big goal hit. cookies. Huge. Very, very big. Very popular. I made a nice sugar cookie. It was nice and soft. I and used some green. So I did green um, sugar. It's like candied sugar, and it's the color no, 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 of, no. you know, what, what, the turf. What football-related items were on it? The grass, and then the people were colored sprinkles, mm-hmm. nonpareils, mm-hmm. if you will. And then, um, and then and you know what? the goalpost, the field goalpost. Some all right, you're being coached. I could tell. I am right. not. You have you're to. You coached. have to. I was with a group of people yesterday who were far more excited than I was. That's for sure. Oh, but I didn't know who was in the Super Bowl. I'm gonna be very honest. I did not know. You know. So, now? I mean, I know now. Yes. 
Who? So I walk in Who? and I'm wearing a white shirt with black and orange. Mm-hmm. So, so a friend of my boyfriend's goes, uh, oh, you're for the Bengals. I'm like, who are the Bengals? <laughs> and he just busts out laughing. He's like, oh, my God, you're serious. I'm like, oh, God, is it one of the teams? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm not for either. But if I'm in the proper colors for one of them, I'm definitely for that team since I'm dressed already. And he just started laughing. He goes, did you look around the room? So I'm looking around. Everybody's in Cincinnati jerseys. It was a huge Bengals room. So, you know, I definitely got lucky there. But it was Actually, my heart, I wanted the Bengals to win. Everybody In my did. head, I thought L.A. would win. And I, I didn't. I Listen, it was just a good game. And it could have gone either way. In the it, end. Listen, I'm, you know, Katie and I were talking about this on Friday. Because Katie's a big football aficionado. And she was like, you know, these smaller teams from smaller towns, like it's so much more important to those cities because it's just that, you know, they could use a little rah-rah moment. You know, everybody, I'm honestly, everybody Listen, could at I'm going to be blunt. I just couldn't support, I hate, I cannot stand Los Angeles anymore. Like, I hate New York City. Oh, it's I mean, communism. It's right up it's disgusting. There. Two places. I mean, literally, I it's disgusting. And I, the double-tiered system of, like, how we were just talking all day about Clinton and the double-tiered justice system, well, we clearly have a double-tiered mask system because all the kids in Los Angeles today are wearing masks. <laughs> yeah, they have to but all these jerks. Nobody oh, had masks my, on. Forget about it. It's and all out the, of control. And all the uh, Hollywood elites were out there, and none of them had masks on either. I'll tell you what I felt the worst for. Oh, and maybe I'm just... Uh, identifying with it, considering I had my own knee injury earlier this year, but Odell Beckham Jr., uh, oh, I saw that. I watched that replay again and again. That's going to take major work to get him back in shape. But that catch he made was phenomenal. Honestly, phenomenal. I don't know how these men do it. I mean, they are, first of all, these are huge people they're just ginormous and they tackle <laughs> each other i'm be like big to play football oh my, yeah but my god i'm like oh. it's like I mean, hockey it's I'm, the same thing you've got to be oof. big and strong or else you're not gonna but make don't it. you feel like in hockey as someone who played hockey like you had more gear on i don't know it just you, felt like well, more to you me really don't i mean it's pretty much really? it's different gear but it's the same gear it's, it's very similar yeah um, i don't know man i was watching that game I, I, for me it was ha oh Ooh, that looks like it hurt. You know, I mean, that right, was so me. How the many whole time. people ate your dip and your cookies? Well, there was none left of either, so no, I feel like many, that's a good test. Well, how many people were there? I don't know, 35, 40. Wow, you had a real Super Bowl party. Well, I mean, I didn't. I was just a guest, but I was happy to be there and act like I knew something and bring the appropriate dip and cookies. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I blended for and once did, in my life. Did you bring your, your your secret, you know, disgusting green puke? I had blueberries in my bag. Drink or did you actually no, cheat I had, your food? <laughs> I had a cacao hemp smoothie <laughs> and oh I had a blueberries in my bag. <laughs> okay, did anyone see you eating it? I hope you hit it. In like yeah, a, a I plastic. had it in my pocket, and I would take it out. You know, I moved on to Tito's and Tonic eventually. It was fine. Oh, all right, this is hope there. <laughs> all right. What'd you do? What did I? What yeah, did what'd you do? What'd you eat? Um, first of all, I watched the game alone. I, I was Why? by myself. Um, it's the best way to watch it. It's the best way to watch it. I, I agree with Jason. Uh, I've been to Super Bowls. I I find it impossible to focus the way I want to on the game, and and I had friends invite me over. I just said, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm uh, I got work to do. I was working as I was doing it. I made a steak and you know I'm paleo, a spinach, and then I cooked my uh, chicken wings for the week. What kind uh, of steak did you make? Uh, it was a porterhouse. Oh, okay. It was good. Yeah, right. medium rare, perfect. At spinach, like Popeye the Sailor Man. 
I will listen. I will tell the audience you are a very, very good cook. That's something that you do very well. Every time we're on the road, you cook time. for the whole team. You're a good cook. Uh, everybody likes what I cook. You are like, normal people. Sure. You wouldn't like any of it. No, no. Um, I mean, I like meat and fish and stuff. I just don't eat a lot of fried stuff. But yesterday, I mean, I tried what people brought. They had a huge spread. People made homemade stromboli. They had um, hot wings and buffalo wings and all kinds of wings. I never had wings before. I don't put any sauce on my wings. I try to stay carb free. The I sauce just stay has away carbs? from bread. I do. I just pop pasta. Won't touch it. Rice won't put, touch it. I just try meat. Vet one vegetable a day, one salad a day, and that's it. And now you're eating spinach and not iceberg. Well, in my salad, I put iceberg. You know, iceberg has the, zero nutritional quality. I know, and then I put uh, onions and celery, <laughs> okay, and cucumbers. I don't put tomatoes in it; it's too much sugar in it. I hate celery. I love celery. Oh, it's disgusting. And then, what do you think? What kind of dressing do you think I use? None. I don't. I use mayonnaise. Oh like, God, really? Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Why would you use mayonnaise? Because it's that's like the most fattening thing ever. You might as well skip everything else. No, it's I take like a teaspoon, just throw it in there, mix it up really good, and boom, I'm good to go. Yeah, that's pretty foul, dude. I think you should take a poll of the audience and ask them if they think mayonnaise is appropriate on salad. I assure you, they're going to side with me. I'm just telling you, the the fat part is good for a paleo diet. You want that? Not mayonnaise fat, like avocado fat, healthy fats. Okay, that's just use, you like trying use, to talk yourself into it. All right, you'll be very happy. I use avocado oil to cook. Oh, my God. When really? I saute my onions, I saute them in avocado oil. I, I am, olive oil. I am very surprised. Why? I I wouldn't. First of all, you make fun of me all the time for eating avocados. Now I you're using I it? I can't stand them, but the oil is good. All right. Okay. It's got zero calories in it. You're a changed man. Anita, Virginia, Sean Hannity Show. How are you, Anita? Well, I am doing fine, Sean, and uh, no on the mayonnaise, by the way. And it is an honor to speak to you. Uh, the honor's all mine. What's going on? Well, I am a truck driver, or as I consider myself, a professional freight relocation specialist. Uh, okay, so you... <laughs> You're a truck driver that drops off crates and brings them home. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. That's a hard job, by the way. Yes, it is. I've been doing that for 28 years and very proud of it. I'm also an instructor, so I instruct truck uh, drivers on how to become truck drivers. Um, it is not a racist kind of job. We get all kinds of people that come in from all kinds of nations, nationalities, colors, creed, and we train them. But um, I just want to point out that this trucking is not an easy job like everybody thinks it is. Well, now, now that they're beginning the process of, you know, trying to arrest the drivers um, and pick a fight with the drivers that have been peacefully protesting, and now that Trudeau has lied about them repeatedly, and now that he's taken orders apparently from Joe Biden, who does nothing to secure our own borders, I mean, what are they planning to do to the drivers? What, are they going to, oh. what, they're threatening to find them, put them in jail, steal their rigs uh, so they can never work again? Tell me how that's going to work for Canada. It's not because what every everything you were right you're right Sean everything you touch everything you eat everything you wear everything you even use has been brought in by a truck one way or the other you know whether it's from rail to 
to your store or whether it's from the airport to your store. It all has to do with trucks. Well, let me ask you, do you own your own rig? Are you an owner-operator? Do you work for a big company, a small company? What do you do? I was an owner-operator for two and a half years. Um, I ended up losing my truck because I put a driver in it that uh, kind of raked me over the coals, but that was a lesson learned. But I work for, uh, work for a trucking company now. It's actually Kidworth sales company is uh truck enterprises here in lynchburg virginia and so i can and, do, and do you have a regular route that you do now um sometimes yes sometimes no like right now i'm in chillicothe picking up a truck a kenworth over here and then bringing it back to the dealership to sell it um for you so know, a friend of mine that owns a trucking company interestingly said there's a lot of women that are truck drivers more than you would know and that they're usually the better drivers. And I'm not be trying to be mean to my uh, my my trucker buddies here, but that he said they're the most diligent. They show rumor. up on time. They pass all the drug tests. And he goes, occasionally they run into you know a more problematic driver. We do. Um, when I first started trucking 28 years ago, it was a very you hardly didn't see any women in the driver's seat. You basically saw them in the beaver seat. But right. now they are more coming out to where you know we're being more and more in the driver's seat. And again, it doesn't it doesn't matter whether we're black or white or whatever color. I mean, there come there are all kinds of races that are out there and all kinds of people. And every every one of the truck drivers, we got to stick together because you know we are the we are the sailing ships of the highways. You know, yep, you have the cruise true. ships out there on the oceans, but we're the sailing ships of the highways. And without us, you have nothing, Sean. Absolutely nothing. I, I'm the one that's been saying that, I think, more than anybody. And I recognize that fact, and I appreciate all that you, you do. And I pointed out many times the heroes of the pandemic have been the farmers, the packers, the, the truckers, medical professionals. And and the way I guess this country and Canada is saying thank you to all those people that when we needed you the most were there for us, you know, delivering all the medical equipment, all the food we needed, all the medicines we needed. Um, and the farmers, you know, kept doing their job. Um, and and those that were working in hospitals. I mean, would you want to work in the middle of in, in a in a hospital in the middle of a pandemic, I don't think that's the most ideal place to work. It's not the best working conditions, but everybody showed up to work every day. And most yeah. of them ended up getting COVID as a result, trying to yeah. save other Common people's lives. Tells you. Common sense tells you, hey, I wouldn't want to do that type of job. But when you have a passion for something that you love to do, and I do, I love trucking. I mean, it's it's been my life. I've learned so many different things, and I've learned about so many different people and places that it's, it'll just amaze you, you know, on where you could go, what you could do, how you could, some of the factories that you go to, and how they put things together, you know, if you just take... Oh, well, if you ever need it, and for whatever reason you want to switch companies, my buddy owns a great company, and uh, I'm sure they'd hire you in 10 seconds. Well, give me his address, because I got a perfectly clean driver's license, praise the Lord, and thank you for that. All right. Well, God bless you and, and all our fellow truckers out there for what you do every day. We really appreciate it. We can't make it without you. That's for sure. Hey, let's not forget 9-11-2001. 2,977 people killed in the worst terror attack on American soil ever. 
the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They've been supporting America's heroes and their families ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnels to Towers, they pay off their mortgage and lift the financial uh, burden on that family, bring that family stability. And for catastrophically injured vets and first responders, again, Tunnel to Towers, they build mortgage-free smart homes, enabling the most severely injured heroes to live more independent lives. They have their new Operation Home Base, and Tunnel to Towers is giving and gifting tiny homes to homeless vets, our nation's heroes, those that risked everything, put their lives on the line for us, our communities, our country. They need your help. And all they're asking is for you to join the Tunnel to Towers mission of doing good in their honor. And they're asking all of us to donate 11 bucks a month. They set up a special website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T dot org. T, the number two, T dot org. And help out these families that left it all on the line for us. At 9 p.m., do you know where your president is? I don't know. Yep, he's sound asleep in his bed with not a care in the world. Must be nice, Joe. The rest of us will keep working. You're on the Sean Hannity Show. That's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, loaded up tonight, Eric Trump responds to this breaking de- these breaking developments as it relates to the DNC, Hillary Clinton, authorizing monies to be spent to infiltrate the computer systems at Trump Tower and the White House. Where's the media mob's outrage to this? Anyway, we'll have full analysis of that uh, with Greg Jarrett, Mark Meadows, Paul Manafort, Kellyanne Conway, Clay Travis, um, also, Kaylee McEnany tonight. And here's something interesting. Guess who we're having on tonight? Linda, Curtis Sliwa and Anthony Weiner. He's uh, back. That's going to be the show. <laughs> anyway, set your DVR tonight. Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Uh, we'll see you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thank you for making this show possible. <laughs>